The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From booster parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet is what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to save up to $500 in bonus cash. We're brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use promo code SGPN to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And we're also brought to you by Odds Crowd. Are you the best NBA better in the US? Odds Crowd is challenging you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contest. There's 3,000 bucks up for grabs in their season-long contest and $200 every week in their weekly contests. Just head over to oddscrowd.com to sign up now. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, and we are back this week uh, after a hectic weekend of all the sports you can possibly think of uh, to get our teeth back in to MLB playoffs. Uh, game three coming up for the ALCS and the NLCS. Uh, it's been a great weekend, and here to unpack the weekend and to give us a few picks heading into the new week. Uh, from Houston, Texas, is the working class hero, Mr. Moonaf Manji. Moonaf, how are you? Doing okay. Uh, it, it's Monday. It's, uh, we're going to try to keep track of our days this week because last <laughs> week it was, uh, last week there was so much going on. And uh, now this week we have NBA season starting too. So it's going to be a lot of fun, a little under the weather, but I'm going to muster through it here. But a lot of great baseball over the weekend, like you said, every other sport. That was going off with uh, the soccer and and then slash football slash NFL and uh, <laughs> college football. So it was a lot of fun keeping track of everything. And and you know, I, my honestly, I'll be honest, I was really glued to the MLB, the MLB playoffs rather than the football because obviously we talked about how the Red Sox and the Astros, and then the Dodgers and the Braves series has been exciting too. I mean, who would have thought that they would be down 0-2 here? But here we are. But I know we'll dig into it a bit. How was your weekend? Yeah, it feels like we've got a lot to catch up on, Moonaf. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not just days, it's times as well, because right. obviously we're, we're half a world away and there's, yeah. there's stuff going on for me that's a, um, that are early morning football matches, whether it's the Premier League or whatever. Mm. And then you throw in the London game in the NFL, which must be sort of breakfast time for you, I think. Yes, uh, sir. So I've got the got the, the London games going on. And then everything ran into one tomorrow. Uh, yesterday, sorry. Um, Newcastle were playing the first game. Uh, since we managed to oust the old owner, um, I noticed you were uh, your intention to jinx us by putting some money on Newcastle. You said in the Slack chat, I spotted that Moonaf. I did. You know, I, we, I think we had discussed this when the <laughs> uh, the buyout happened, or when the uh, when the uh, when they purchased the team. I said I thought this would be a good spot for them, but um, you know they 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 battled. I mean, they got that early goal in the second yeah. minute, right? It was a good spot for one minute and 47 seconds, Moonaf. That's how long it was a good spot should, for. Should I, I just mean, cashed it, out. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, two-minute drill. If you'd got in the, if you'd got in the two-minute drill, Moonaf. Uh, and then there was an odd thing. I don't know if you watched the game where somebody in the crowd had a cardiac arrest. 
So the game I... was kind of delayed for 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, so by then, I had the London game, which went to overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, the Newcastle game had then gone on beyond the kickoff of the early NFL slate. Right. And then all the, and it was just, there was too much going on. I couldn't cope. I was in meltdown. Um, so yeah, uh, I also on Saturday evening, I tried to watch the, um, the Houston and the Boston game, which was a perfect time for me. It started at seven minutes past nine in the evening. Okay. Uh, so just settled down. And then of course they had, there was the injury to Arias um, and Jake Odorisi. Um, decided to take about two and a half hours to warm up. Uh, it seemed about, about right, yeah. But by the time he was done pitching, that game was over. So uh, we'll get well, into yeah, that in yeah. a second. <laughs> After he had taken two and a half hours to warm up, he instantly gave up a grand slam, yeah. which made me laugh. But uh, what got me about that was, well, how do, how is Nathan Eovaldi allowed to sit there and become cold while he warms up? Is that not sort of counterintuitive? So- um yeah, but you know, I'm sorry. I, I was just gonna say that there. I think there is an opportunity for like opposing pitchers to go down towards the uh, towards the clubhouse or the or in the past the dugout. I think there's an area where they can kind of stay loose and yeah. throw pitches. So I think. I mean, obviously, it's different when you're on the mound and warming up and throwing pitches there versus having to sit there for 40 plus minutes and uh, wait for your turn as you know there's an injury and then Jay Goderizzi comes in and takes a sweet time to get ready to um, pitch the game to only give up four more runs. But I think even John, John Smoltz mentioned it on the broadcast when he was warming up. He said that I've never seen a pitcher go through his full game routine on the mound. Most of the pitchers or 99% do it in the bullpen. And when they're ready to kind of just warm up and get into the game, they'll come to the mound, throw out maybe what five to 10 warm up pitches and then go and get ready to go. But we saw Odorizzi, you know, playing catch with uh, Martin Maldonado there to get his arm loose, went through his stretches, did his, you know, pregame stuff all on the mound, which I think is kind of frustrating. But at the end of the day, none of that even mattered for him. But, uh, yeah, I think that was, yeah, very curious to see. And does put, you know, Valdi had an unfair advantage. But I think that, you know, the injury was kind of uh, came out of bad time, especially so early in the game for the Astros. Yeah, Udovici was just refusing to be rushed as well. The umpire uh, couldn't couldn't shake him along any he, he had a uh, sort of a heat thing on his arm as well and he yeah. just refused to do anything at any kind of pace um, yeah just that game like I think I eventually went to bed at about midnight uh-huh. uh, three hours into the game it was the top of the fourth it just took absolutely forever just thinking if you've like sat a kid down and said right this is playoff baseball this is going to be really exciting you'll enjoy this and it's three hours later than the top of the fourth inning um, yeah it was a bit painfully slow although you would have seen two grand slams I suppose Yes. Um, it feels like, Moonoff, we've ran into the first bumps in the road of our little playoff journey. Uh, we were doing okay. We got the wildcard games right. Uh, we did well in the divisional round. Um, th- when we previewed these two series last week, and certainly my picks, actually, I don't know uh, if, I, if I'm tarring you with the same brush as myself, but um, I took the Astros' run line a couple of times. Um, I said take that for every game because I thought if the Astros are going to win, uh, they're going to win by maybe a couple of runs, which was a, a trend we followed all season. Um, the series has won all, but the Astros actually um, won that by one game. That was a that was a nothing result for me because I've got the Ast- I've got the Red Sox at fourteen to one, mm-hmm. and then I got the Astros on the run line. So the Astros winning by one run was just my worst possible outcome. That was the only thing that could have stymied me. Um, and then when we got to the Dodgers and the Braves, we uh, we both co-signed on 
the Dodgers minus one and a half, yeah. uh, which is now very much up against at Moonaf. So, yeah, a couple of little wrinkles uh, we've run into for the first time this week. Yeah, I think um, the the I guess we can go series by series. I, I knew that this Red Sox and Astros series was going to have a lot of runs in it. I think we had talked about this in the Slack channel, even in our podcast, is that the starting pitching for both of these teams, is, it's not great. I mean, especially with the loss of Lance McCullers for the Astros. I, I mean, that I think that's very, very huge for the Astros. And Chris Sale hasn't been that ace pitcher over his last three starts here. That last game during the regular season where he got pulled the first game against the Rays. And then I think this first uh, game against the uh, Astros where he hasn't made it past, I believe, two innings. Um, so that that's really put a, a, a thorn on both sides of that pitching rotation. Um, the bright spot for the Red Sox has been Nathan Evaldi. You know, he's he's pitched he pitched well against the Rays. He had a great uh I believe it was what game uh game two he went in and he 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 looked really good. Um you know, but the thing that kind of makes me nervous about the Red Sox is that bullpen, right? And they gave it up in the game one. Um they had a big enough lead in game two for you know them to kind of uh throw their their relievers in there and kind of carry that without having to use the major arms, I guess you can say, for the Red Sox, but yeah, I think the Dodgers one that we picked the minus one and a half. It's it's the it's up against the wall because now we only we don't have a cushion now. They have to win all four games, but that's been a very very interesting series here. So, um, I did say that though in in this the Max Fried game take the under because I did play the under and I also took the over on yeah. the strikeouts, which was only posted at four and a half. I don't know why he ended up with five. I mean, it's not like I crushed that pick, but I thought that you know both of these pitchers. <laughs> Uh, between Max Fries and Max Scherzer, had great numbers at least with strikeouts against these uh, against the opposing teams. So uh, last night, I think Scherzer ended up with seven, and his number was posted at seven and a half. I didn't play that number; I just still took the under in this game, which has been cashing in these Dodgers uh, Dodgers playoffs games so far. Everything's been really tight, Moon. Enough, there's been no kind of giveaways in terms of yeah. runs or overs, mm. unders, strikeouts, hits, things like that. Um, the games have been tight, and as as would follow. Uh, intuitively uh, there have been hard games to handicap and hard games to pick winners yeah. on um, so yeah I mean we, ha- we haven't been miles away um, just the, the like I say my Astros run line one hasn't cashed as yet but uh, what we'll do Moon after the next few minutes we'll have a little look um, just game by game at the, the four games that have happened so far uh, and then we can make some picks uh, for the game uh, tonight which is um, the ALCS uh, game three uh, between um, Houston and Boston. So, um, I tell you what, we'll go to the other. We'll go to the other conference first. We'll go to the national, the national conference first, uh, just so we can follow everything. Um, so, yeah, the Braves got the 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 game one win three two. Yep. Um, just as we'd gone on, I think uh, just as we'd recorded the other night, uh, the news broke that they were going to start. Uh, Corey Knebel and make it a bullpen day for the Dodgers, which I didn't mind. It seemed fairly, um, fairly sensible thing uh, for me to do. And uh, the bulk pitcher was it Luis Arias? I think you came in. Uh, was you to come in and do the bulk of the work um, after that? Um, but yeah, and in in essence, did well by giving up only three only three runs. Uh, Max Fried was excellent as he has been. Uh, he's been on the improve. A lot in the second half of the season, uh, and then Austin Riley, who's been uh, you've put in the show was carrying this Braves team. Yeah, uh, he had a solo home run in the fourth in a game-winning single in the bottom of the ninth. But this game kind of followed the same pattern. 
as both the earlier series that the the Dodgers had actually sort of slogged out um, against the Giants and the Braves had had to do similar against the Brewers. And this was very, pretty much the same pattern, very fine margins, Muna. Yeah, I think that, um, <clears throat> sorry, uh, for the Dodgers, I think that if uh, Max Scherzer didn't come out and close that game in game five against the Giants, he was probably going to start that uh, game one. And I think that he was a listed pitcher when we had discussed it. But nonetheless, um, yeah, it was a full bullpen day for the uh, Dodgers there. I think they're really obviously missing Clayton Kershaw, not having that third starter in the whole Trevor Bauer situation, which is, you know, seems like it was decades ago that when you lose two of your four guys in these uh, in the in the pitching rotation, it's going to it's going to put a lot more pressure on the manager to figure out how he wants to uh, set up his pitching. Right. Like like we said, he had a uh, bullpen day in game one. Came out with Scherzer last night, and now you have Walker Buehler going in game three. But now your back is really up against it because we're not, probably not going to see Scherzer until maybe another three, maybe three days if there's the a travel day. I think, Scherzer. Yeah, so now you're going into L.A. The Braves are up two games to nothing. If they get, if they steal one in Atlanta, sorry, in L.A., now their backs are really up against it, and they only need one game. So now you have probably your best pitcher going for the Braves in game three. We'll get to that in a minute. But, yeah, I'm not sure what exactly Dave Roberts is trying to accomplish with starting Corey Knable here or having these bullpen days because um, it, now it's not working. And on top of that, your offense has not been good, you can say, throughout this entire playoffs. I think they had one game where they put up eight or nine runs against the Giants. But, Malcolm, we talked about how this offense up and down when you have Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Corey Seager, Justin Turner. I mean, the names go on and on, and you're not able to perform and put up four to five runs like the Astros and Red Sox have been doing. I think that that's a that's a huge question mark, and it's um, it's concerning if you're a Dodgers fan. Yeah, I've got no real problem with it, with the pitching. I mean, uh, Scherzer had closed out that game um, against the Giants, so it was fair enough that they pushed him back a little bit. Sure. And if the... Um, Knable followed by Arias um, really to me is no different to Arias followed by Knable uh, Arias has got experience of coming out of the pen before yeah. it's not like he's a, always been a stone cold natural starter um, so I had no real issue with that but it's, it is the run support uh, and they haven't done it the entire postseason they are a, a high octane offence on paper uh, lots of runs uh, and just haven't quite put it together Um Game two last night, um, was, this was a really good game, actually. Uh, there was all sorts going on. The Braves won it five to four. Uh, the Dodgers got out two to nothing uh, early doors, two run uh, homer by Corey Seager. Yeah. Um, Ian Anderson has had early problems, uh, sort of first inning issue. So if you get another chance uh, to have a look at Ian Anderson this series, uh, game six might be uh, might have his name on it. Maybe have a look at a, at a yes or on the first inning runs because that's something that's plagued him recently. Um, Jock Tober continued in the fourth uh, with a, a two run homer by Jock Peterson in his pearl necklace, which I love. Um, the Dodgers went four to up, uh, and then uh, the Braves did some mad base running in the eighth, which was well, brave or foolish. I mean, you decide. You get away with it, and it's it's really brave. Um, you get tagged out, but it was really foolish because Eddie Osorio tagged up on a fairly routine fly ball out to left field, um, went from first to second, um, and just got in. Yeah. Then Ozzy Albies hit a single, 
And uh, the third base coach waved Rosario around. And again, he got in by, like, you've got a man. Uh, yeah, an absolute, yeah, an inch and a half, if yeah. that. Um, and then Eddie Rosario mm-hmm. hits a single, bit of dodgy, bit of dodgy fielding uh, off Kenny Jansen and Dansby Swanson scored. Uh, and the Braves came back to win it five to four, but again, not huge run support. But this was this was an exciting, an exciting game. But again, very very fine margins. Yeah, this is uh, there's the margin for error, especially when you're in the playoffs. So I guess in any sport, it is very very thin. And I think that um, the Dodgers bullpen, I think you know, messed this game up. But then also, if you remember that this could have been a three to two game instead of four to two Dodgers, because I think Heredia was playing center field and. He was trying to play the ball. He kind of skipped under his glove and allowed an extra run to score. Luckily, they were able to get out of the inning. But, Malcolm, I think the more concerning part for the Braves, or you could say for the Dodgers, is that the Braves in the first two games combined have struck out 25 times, and they're still up two games and nothing in the series. So um, these bats are going to have to come around for the Dodgers. I think they will in game Three, and I say that with a question mark and hesitancy because Charlie Morton is on the mound and he has the experience pitching against this Dodgers team. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, if you're a Dodgers fans, I'd be concerned. But again, you got to give a lot of credit to the Braves. They battled back uh, in game two. Um, you know, even though I think people thought that Max, just because Max Scherzer <clears throat> was on the mound for the Dodgers, that they were automatically going to win. And I think that he's getting pulled a little too early because he was. Yeah, he did give up two earned runs, but, I mean, he had seven strikeouts in the game. I think he was well on his way to, even if you let him go 90, 100 pitches, and he's able to get you through six innings, and that kind of shortens up your bullpen. Um, I think Dave Roberts probably made a mistake there, in my mind. But, uh, yeah, again, give a lot of credit for the to the Braves for getting both of, these, both of their games at home, and that crowd is absolutely fantastic for Atlanta. Yeah, I think, um, obviously, the Dodgers have given themselves – uh, a real uphill task now needing to win four of the next five games. Uh, the next two games um, are the two where I've been, I've been having a look at the, the pitching matchups or the, the likely pitching matchups and yeah. the win stats. Um, and the next two games are the games which uh, the Dodgers have the most chance of winning statistically um, 59% and 60%. Now, that 59% against Charlie Morton, uh, and I don't know anyone can call themselves a 59% favourite against Charlie Morton, um, which it, it's Walker Bueller, I think. And yeah. then after that, we get a rest against a bullpen game um, for the Braves. The one for me uh, is game five. Uh, this is the one where if the Braves can can get something out with the next two, uh, they have a real chance of wrapping it up. It's the only game of the entire series uh, where they're actually statistical favourites to win the game. Uh, it's Max Freed who pitched in game one, uh, going against Tony Gonsolin. Yeah. Um, and they are, just, I mean, it's 49.9%, but they're just a shade of odds on. Uh, so if they can hold their own, uh, get something going in one of the next two games, uh, win a tight one, then that game five's the one uh, where I think Atlanta can get themselves over the line. 100% agree with everything that you just said. Um, let's say, you know, if they're able to steal one in LA, Let's just say it's the next game with Charlie Morton. I mean, his numbers are decent on the road, and he has you know history against the Dodgers, pitching against them when he was with the Astros, and then this season also. So if they're able to steal one, and let's say Dodgers win Game Four, now you're coming back with Max Fried in Game Five, hopefully for the Braves, and you know he has the best ERA since the All Star break. I think I saw it was like one point seven four. That's best in the majors during the regular season since All Star break. So now again. 
the success that he had in game one for the uh, Atlanta Braves. And if he's able to translate that in game five, uh, yeah, the Dodgers might be in a little bit of trouble here. So, um, you know, we would all love to see the Dodgers go down. I would personally too, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, if you're going to bet on the uh, Dodgers to win the series, uh, to come back and win the series, I think now is the time for you to do that. Uh, let me see if I can currently find a price on uh, what the series um, price is. Yeah, right. that was going to be my next question because I couldn't uh, find one uh, on a book over here. I've got some, uh, I've got some game three, some game three odds, uh, Red Sox and Astros, but that's all I could find. Yeah, I don't see one either right now, but hopefully if it comes up by the time we're done, I'll shoot it out there. But uh yeah, I mean it's 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 time for the Braves or sorry, it's time for the Dodgers to show why they were one of the best teams in the league. So here we are. Uh whatever that price is, if you're ready to win money on it and boost your odds, win bet is the place to do that. Live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia bringing the excitement to win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Great promos, odds and payouts. Boosted parlays, live in-game odds. So if you sign up today, you will receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet to fill in the Dodgers or the Braves with. Download Bet and Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. If you've already got a fancy price ticket on one of those teams, get across to PropSwap which is the marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Playoffs are in full swing. PropSwap is your home for the best World Series futures. All season long, prop swappers have been finding the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourselves. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. Okay, Moonaf, this is your home series. Uh, the ALCS. Um, give us a little pre-see of games one and two. Um, yeah. And then we can, uh, we'll make some picks for, for game three. Um, just before we do that, actually, you have fetched out those, uh, those odds on the Dodgers and the Braves. So do you want to update us on that? Yeah, I'm surprised to see this number that where it's at, but Dodgers plus 174 and the Braves are at minus 188. Um, I honestly thought that the Dodgers would be at north of minus two or uh, plus 200, but yeah. um, that's interesting. I know there's something to keep an eye on for sure, but I mean, uh, maybe these, I don't know. I, I think I, even though it's chalky that minus 188 having a two game lead, I think that's uh, a little interesting to me, but nonetheless, you know, we'll keep an eye on the series for sure and see how it kind of plays out. I think obviously with the two game lead and the pitching matchups right now really favor the Braves. So uh We'll see what happens as we uh, progress through the week here. Yeah, for the uh, Astros and the uh, the Red Sox here, game one, uh, Chris Sale, you know, he's supposed to be the ace of this team. And I, I'm not sure if they're still being cautious with him or he hasn't found, you know, his rhythm or or gotten his feet back under him or, or he's comfortable on the mound post Tommy John surgery, but he's not the ace that, you know, he's been in the past and, you know, right. So you're coming off a of Tommy John surgery. So, you know, it might take a little while for you to get back up to speed or if you're going to be the same pitcher again, but fortunately for the, uh, for the Red Sox, you know, they have Nathan Evaldi as their number two guy who's pretty much taking that spot for the ass. Uh, sorry for the Red Sox. Um, so game one, um, you know, the Red Sox got out to a three, one lead Altuve tied it up in the bottom of the six with a two run home run. Correa added a so- solo shot. 
And then they added a um, insurance run in the ninth inning. They had thing had bases loaded with nobody out, but they were only able to get one run. And at that point, it was five to three. And if you're a betting man, like you are listening to the show, <laughs> if you had the over eight and a half, you were probably kind of upset because the Astros only got one run across when those bases loaded uh, with uh, nobody out. But lo and behold, the, uh, the MVP, I can say, for the Red Sox so far, Kike Hernandez, hit an absolute moonshot uh, into the Crawford boxes there um, in Minute Maid Park off of Ryan Presley. Uh, got the game to five to four, but the Astros or so the Red Sox were not able to um, tie the game up. So Astros took game one, five to four, which was a, a, a fun game. I think this, uh, this was a game that took about four plus hours, um, just like game two did. And if you thought game one was long, game two was even longer. Um Red Sox ended this game by the second inning. And, you know, for those who watched it, I think this was all over Twitter and news. Back-to-back grand slams in consecutive innings. I think this was the first time it's been done in postseason history. And I, and I was I was exchanging messages with uh, Boston Capper, who's also the Red Sox fan of the Golf Gambling Podcast. And I told him, look, the Red Sox have been really struggling with runners and hitting or in scoring position. And that when they had bases loaded two outs, I said, J.D. Martinez, needs to either get at least a single or a double here, get a couple runs in. And um, J.D. Martinez came up. He hit a – he's one of the best power hitters to opposite field. I think him and Aaron Judge are probably the two best in our game. Um, but lo and behold, long story short, J.D. Martinez gets one into right field opposite way, gets over the fence, makes a 4 nothing. I think we went into the next inning. Luis Garcia was starting for the uh, Astros in that game. I think he got it to 2 on. Before they pulled him for injury, we talked about the whole Jake Odorizzi thing. He added, I think, another batter by giving up a walk. And then Rafael Devers squeaks another grand slam um, into right field again, right behind or right in front of that um, the foul pole there. Made it eight nothing at that point. It was just, it was it was. I mean, it was the game was over at that point. I mean, I, I had an inkling inclining to maybe put something down on the Astros money line at that point, just because I think this offense is capable of doing that, of coming back from a four, five, six, seven run deficit. But uh, with, with Nathan Navaldi on the mound, I thought it was going to be too much for them. And lo and behold, at the end of the day, the Red Sox won the game nine to five. Um, and I think the Astros and I think both the Red Sox, their pitching, the starting pitching is it's, I think it's in a little bit of trouble here. I think that, if Lance McCullers was pitching, uh, Malcolm, we talked about uh, with him not being in the series, I think I definitely would have given the edge to the Astros. But not having him, him winning two out of the three games against the White Sox in, in the, the divisional round, that hurts now. And I think that Baker, or sorry, Dusty Baker has his hands full about figuring out which pitcher, pitchers to start for the Astros after game four. Yeah, all of a sudden that's that's become a real headache for them. So yeah. Obviously, they lost uh, Arias. I think it was knee soreness, I think he said. Um, yeah. They then decided to keep him. He said he was feeling better. They've kept him on the roster. Because um, if at this point, if you take someone off the roster, they have to miss the next series. Uh, so obviously that would eliminate him um, for the world, from, yeah. uh, from pitching in the World Series. Right. So whether or not um, that's because they're confident he can pitch or they just don't want to risk taking him off, uh, it's probably too early to say at this point. Uh, so they then obviously had to burn Odorizzi in that start as well, uh, which has left them almost sort of two starters down uh, from that from that one game. So yeah, all of a sudden, um, a little bit of meltdown, and so it leaves them limited 
uh, in options, kind of similar to where Boston are. So they're kind of both in the same boat now. Same yeah. hasn't gone great, but uh, Ivaldi's looked really poised. Um, he's done very well. Um, E-Rods we're going to get onto in a little while. You still don't really know what you're going to get. Um, I think Tanner Houck's got a big card to play in this series, uh, whether or not it's in a long relief appearance or, again, we're going to get on the rest of this series. He might get a start maybe in game four. Uh, so he's, he's a name that we fold a little bit this season. Um, Kiki Hernandez has been absolutely on fire, as you said. I think he's uh, certainly prior to last night, he'd hit more home runs and out. the Dodgers and the Braves, I think. I think he did five <clears> to the <throat> Dodgers, four, and the Braves have hit four. It's yeah. up to like 33 at-bats to 300 or something that both of those teams have had um, in the yeah. postseason. So uh, he's been going along okay. Um, so, yeah, this this has got... This is seems a little bit more uh, hard to predict uh, than the other series because you can see... Um, some maybe double figure runs. You can see another nine five coming or yeah. something like that. Um, where the other series, um, everything that Atlanta and uh, the Dodgers have been doing has got threes and twos and one run victories and things like that. Uh, where even the Red Sox against um Chicago uh, was a little bit more wide open. So, yeah, um, game three tonight, Munaf, uh, Jose Akidi and Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, talk us through the numbers. Yeah, this is a. Uh... Let me update the uh, the actual odds because I put this in last night. But yeah, it's the same numbers right now. Minus 105 for the uh, Astros on the money line. And then the Dodgers, I'm sorry, the Dodgers, the As- the Red Sox at minus 115. Total still sitting at nine. We, like you said, Jose or Katie makes his first start and first appearance of the pro- postseason. Very surprised by this. I mean, I don't know, maybe because the White Sox season was a little short, but um you know, I think this was a point where Dusty Baker has to start Jose or Katie here. So uh, we have Jose or Katie going for the Astros on the mound. And then for the Red Sox, like you mentioned, Malcolm Eduardo Rodriguez, who's kind of been up and down, not only for the regular season, but also in the postseason here. Uh, quickly go through Jose or Katie's numbers. Eight and three on the season, a 3.62 ERA, a .99 whip. Road splits, four and two, 3.86 ERA, 50 strikeouts. 12 walks and an opponent batting average of 229. He does have one start versus Boston, which was in Minute Maid Park uh, in Houston. Six innings pitch, three hits, one earned run, nine strikeouts, one walk, and an opponent batting, opponent batting average of 143. For the Red Sox, it will be Eduardo Rodriguez. Two starts in the postseason so far. He went game one versus the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, one and two-thirds of an inning, two hits, two earned runs, one strikeout, and then he came back and had a great game four performance at home against the Tampa Bay Rays uh, in Boston. Like I said, five innings pitched, three hits, two earned runs, and six strikeouts. Uh, I think the more more concerning part for me is um, that his two appearances against the Reds, so against the Astros has not been great uh, during the regular season. He had one uh, start against them at home and one on the road. Combined for nine and one-thirds inning pitched, 13 hits, 12 earned runs allowed in those nine innings, nine strikeouts, five walks. The Astros are batting 351 against the um uh against the Astros are batting uh, 351 against Eduardo Rodriguez on the season. So um I'm I'm a little concerned that Erod is on the mound. It, it makes me a little more comfortable. He is at home. 
Um, but uh, think this is going to be a tall order for the Red Sox. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a, um, there's a couple of reasons I think that they've they've really had to had to pick Erod. Um, the the main one with the, the Alex Cora cited is uh, splitting up the lefties. You don't want to give the uh, the Astros two consecutive days uh, looking at lefty pitching. Uh, so with Chris Sale going in Game Five, uh, it made sense for Erod to go tonight in Game Three. Um, are expecting possibly to see Pavetta out of the pen, uh, maybe in a bit sort of longer relief, uh, which means I think Tanahau could get game four. That's kind of my reading of it. Um, I've made a pick in this. I'm sure you have as well, Moon. I'll, I'll get on with mine. So um, you mentioned D-Rod, uh, kind of up and down. Now, the is two poor season games. Uh, he got an early hook uh, against the Rays, uh, having given two uh, given up two hits and then pitched well uh, in his in a, in his other appearance against the Rays. But if you go back before that to his regular season um, appearances, I'm looking at um, hits that he uh, hits that he gave up. So in the games he started um, before the season, the regular season finished, uh, going backwards from October the first, he gave up five hits, six hits, five hits, six hits, eight hits. And then there's a four in there, and then there's two eight. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So seven out of the eight starts, uh, he's given up over four and a half hits. So that's going to be my pick. Um, it's plus 115 uh, for Erod to give up over four and a half hits. Now, the only small problem I think I've got, I've got no, I, I think the Houston can hit him. Mm-hmm. It's the early hook is the problem I've got. Uh, he might not get a chance uh, to be hit uh, that amount of times. Um, if you look at the evidence of that uh, that hook that he got against the Rays, um, two hits over one and two thirds innings pitched. So, and um, what what we don't need him to do is give them up, give them up in bunches. Uh, if he could maybe give up uh, one or two here and there, uh, and then give up hits number four and five in the fourth or fifth inning, uh, and then they can get him out and get Nick Pavetta in. Uh, so, I do think that over four and a half hits represents a little bit of value at plus one fifteen. Yeah, sorry, I had a little uh, coughing uh, situation. Did there. <laughs> it's quite all right. Yeah, uh, it's um, the hardest work man in show business. I'm, I'm trying to muster through it here. So, um, yeah, I think that you're spot on, Malcolm. And I think we've seen the theme of these playoffs has been that these pitchers, starting pitchers, are getting their are getting hooked very early. And I think that's going to be the concern, and I think that um, maybe a one way to kind of maybe hedge out of it. I think I'm glad that you said that if he's giving up the runs early, which kind of leads into my pick is I'm going to go with Eduardo Rodriguez total outs recorded. I'm going to go under 13 and a half plus one Oh five. So that's pretty much saying that yeah. he's only going to go about, about four and a third inning here, four and two thirds of an inning um, for the, uh, for the Astro sorry for the Red Sox. Um, just because, you know, we talked about how he's kind of struggled against the Astros this season and I think that, you know, number one, that he's a left-handed pitcher and the Astros have had success against left-handed pitching throughout the season. And also in the uh, postseason, you know, we saw that they got to Chris Hill early and, you know, um, Alex Cora has not been shy about um, pulling the, the you know, pulling the hook or, or pulling the cord on his starting pitching. And then, you know, like you said, they have Nick Bavetta, they have um, Tanner Houck available in the bullpen. So if he gets out to a, maybe a slow start or sorry, it's yeah, a slow start here. Uh, he might be getting that cook early. Jose or Katie also at, 
13 and a half on the under. It is juiced at minus 160, but I just don't see a world where he's going to go that many innings, um, especially that they have a day off. So I think that if the, if the Red Sox jump out early in this game, let's say they get a one nothing, two nothing lead, uh, and you know, Arcady gives up a couple more guys to get on base in that following inning, I think that he might get pulled early. So I think these these bets of outs recorded for the starting pitchers, except for the Dodgers when they have their bullpen, has really been profitable. But I should have done a better job of recording or writing this down. I think there's something to it. So maybe next season when we're we're talking about the playoffs, I think that's something that I would do want to keep track of because I've been blind blindly betting these numbers, and uh, you know I think that I, I've probably been cashing out an eighty percent rate for these uh, for these pitchers to go under on their total outs recorded. Yeah, that's an excellent trend that you've observed, Moon. Enough, and I, I fully agree with you. Um, yeah, our picks are kind of uh, related contingencies there. We've got uh, uh, Rodriguez getting hit uh, and Ergo getting pulled. So hopefully one begets the other um, and uh, he can get uh, that fifth hit in uh, before he gets the hook after about nine outs or something like that. So, yeah, that's where we go. I think uh, we've both landed on the on the right lines, which is always quite concerning because it only means it's going to go tits up. Uh, but we're going to get back on the right lines early in the week, moon off, uh, and then we're going to press home our advantage uh, the rest of the week. Uh, so there you go. That's um, tonight's ALCS uh, previewed. Um, moon off with regard to the rest of the week. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow to have a look at the Braves and the Dodgers. Yeah, we should be back tomorrow. Waiting to confirm our guest for tomorrow if we do have one. But regardless, if we do or do not, Malcolm and I will be back tomorrow, same time. We'll recap the Astros and the Red Sox game, and then we will also dig into game three of the Dodgers and the um, Brave series. It kind of makes it easier for, I think, both of us now that it's one game a day. Um, you know, it makes it, the, you know, getting the numbers together and all, the, all that good stuff uh, makes it a little bit easier that there's only one game now. But, yeah, hopefully by the end of this week, we'll find out uh, who's going to be in the World Series. So I'm really excited for that. Hopefully, you know, we have a great game tonight. I think this is gonna. I think the Astros and the Red Sox series is gonna be the one that you see a lot of runs in, and it's gonna be complete opposite in the Braves and the uh, Dodgers series. So I would also lean over nine in this in this game also um, because it is in Boston, and with these two offenses, we've seen what they've done in the first two games. So uh, I'm excited, Malcolm. Yeah, absolutely, uh, excellent. Well, thank you very much, Munaf, for uh, battling on. You're an absolute trooper. Uh, cheers everyone for listening enjoy your uh, your Monday night baseball and football double header whatever you're doing uh, good luck with your bets I think we're onto something so uh, we'll get these we'll get these over the line tonight Moon off yes. and then like I say we can uh, we can start tearing up the rest of the week so um, thanks everyone for listening uh, keep an eye out on the SGP and feeds all your usual places uh, you know where you find us um, enjoy the games thanks everyone for listening thank you to Moon off. And we will see you down the road. Cheers.